let's demystify yoga because a lot of people think yoga is stretching. Yeah. And then if you're a bit more cultured, you think it's like stretching and breathing and meditating. Mm -hmm. But yoga is anything we're doing in the moment that's giving us some form of yoking. Welcome to Woke Wogs. I'm your host and resident wog, Jihara Volpe, here to navigate and facilitate conversations with the wogs within my community that inspire me and hopefully you too. Now, if you're not familiar or not familiar (laughs) with the term wog, it's a racial slur aimed at Southern European immigrants in Australia back in the day that has now been reclaimed and is celebrated as an identity affirming label. With that said, I want to draw attention to the ill use of this word still throughout the United Kingdom towards people from the East Indies, parts of Asia and North Africa. I want to pay my deepest respects and understandings to what the mention of it may bring up in you. Now for some quick self-advertisement. Do you have an event coming up and need an MC to make it a moment to remember? Well, that's what I do. I curate the optimal flow to any type of event and connect audiences to the messages that organizers are yearning to convey. So great, just DM me at the link attached and I can't wait to get involved. All right, in this episode, we explore the misconceptions of yoga, the religion that is community, and how Amy has fueled her dreams from the power of passion and the practice of spiritual discipline. Hold on to your kundalini, because this one is about to get woke. Amy, welcome. Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to be here. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's interesting to be here. Mm. And and I say that because I love when yeah, people come into my mind's eye and I'm like, oh, that would be really cool to interview. And the way you came into my mind's consciousness actually recently was that someone called me about, you know, summer healing yoga and it was this epic space that I'd been to like maybe a year ago now. And yeah, I was like, oh yeah, that place had a great community. And yeah. Sadly, I couldn't continue here because of my whereabouts. And as he was talking to me about getting me on board for a membership, I was mm. like, hey, the owner there, or at least I called you the owner, I know that's a bit different, which we'll explore. Mm. Is she around? <laughs> and it's because I just remember just talking to you in passing and we spoke for like half an hour. Mm. And so that's why I'm so glad that mm. we're now recording the conversation. That's so great. We just called you and, <laughs> you know. And um, and here we are. Mm. Yeah. You opened Summer Healing Yoga, mm-hmm. which I'll let you colour in the headings around that, around sure. 15 years ago. Yeah. What is this yeah. space? It's a yeah. yoga studio. Mm. It's, it's, it's multifaceted. Mm, it is. <laughs> mm. um, so about 14 years ago, 15 years ago, I... Where do I start with it? Um, before I'd even finished the yoga teacher training, I opened a studio because I just I knew I knew that my being, my soul, had to have a profession that was connected with spirituality. So there wasn't even a, a double thought about it. it what? Was just yeah, yeah. And I was pregnant at the time too. So I've had three babies and four yoga studios. Um, and so that's been a really wild ride. I don't recommend it to anyone. I recommend just get one and do it well. <laughs> Put your seeds in that one pot and grow it well. Um, 
unless you have a big franchise business mind. But for me, it's more about spirituality and community or healing mm. versus just becoming a big franchise business. Mm. Mm. Like what? Have you always been that way inclined to just go gangbusters yeah. at anything you do? Yeah. Yeah. Um, all of my creation, it's not that logical. That's why I had to get rid of an accountant and solicitor because they're like, you're crazy. <laughs> and I'm like, no, it works. Trust me. I've been 15 years still surviving. It must work, this madness. Yeah. Um, but it is all, you know, um, if you're like ethereal, like I've never had a business plan. Everything's done very much in the ether um, with with the running of things. Wow. Yeah. Like when you were just speaking, my mind like shot to this documentary Mm. from Arnold Schwarzenegger Mm. and it's his most recent one on Netflix and I highly recommend it. Mm. But he was saying something similar in the essence of he goes, and then I just did it. Mm. And there's not this fluffing around with will it work out, Mm. what if no one likes it, all this fear-based kind of Mm. things that... I guess we're blessed with within mm. the society that we live in mm. and just classic fear of failure. Uh, but mm. then the power of just doing it mm. and then being on that momentum role mm. and then making all those mistakes but being so certain mm. that what you're creating is so connected to what you want to do yeah. that it just works. Yeah. yeah. That's what I always tell people and it's in there, all the scripture even, not just in the Anthony Robbins, <laughs> <laughs> you know, books and documentaries. But, you know, if you have the passion, it can't not work. If you have the passion, it, it can't not fail. It's just when we eat from the, you know, the tree of doubt mm. that, that, that the passion leads. And I think one thing that COVID really showed me when I was faced with your studio is going to have to close or we call them temples now, um, you know, you, your career is going to be wiped away, your your place of where you do sadhana spiritual practice is going to be taken and there's a possibility that, you know, I, I'm going to have to think how am I going to feed my three children without having summer healing, which has sustained us for so long. Mm. And I was like, I remember in that moment going, my passion of yoga is enough. I don't need a space. I don't need any of that. And that's what keeps this place going. It's like this is what I'm going to be doing all for the rest of my life, whether I'm in a tiny little shed somewhere or whether I'm in a mass big, you know, million million dollar um, yoga temple, I know that this is my dharma, this is my path. Wow. Now the interesting thing is it's like it, it feels not like a curse or something but it feels like it's not like a passion, like a pleasure passion, if you know what I mean. I'm it's listening. not like, you know, oh, I get to go out and socialise with my friends. It's not a pleasure passion. It's a... Uh, a discipline passion. Wow. Mm. Explain that more, a discipline passion, because for when Mm. I hear that, Mm. I feel that's like you know you need to do this. Yeah, I know I need to do this. Mm. Yeah. Way too free-minded and reckless to not have spiritual discipline in my life. Mm. To be a better person, I need to have that daily, daily ritual, daily yoga. I actually now understand why... I came back and did that month mm. because that, that's what I did feel when we had that chat. I'm like, mm. this person doesn't need to speak to me right now. Mm. But when you were speaking about it, there was this passion mm. and not this fluffy like, oh, it's really fun, isn't it? It was like this is why I'm here. Mm. 
And that's what attracted me back. Mm. And so now hearing that and knowing that your main game is mm. community, mm. is creating healing for the community mm. and you do that through the method of mm. yoga mm. and yoga in its fullness, not mm. just within its practice. Mm. When did you realise that yoga was this discipline, was mm. this spiritual practice? Like either mm. what led you there, when did you first find out about it? Mm. And then take us on the journey to where you're like, fuck, this is it. I've got to give this to people mm. and create a yoga studio while I'm fucking pregnant. Mm. Yeah. So my dad was training to be a priest. He met mum, stopped in the priesthood. They met at the first shooting up gallery in King's Cross. She was doing volunteer work um, there and, he, and so was he. Which gallery is in it? In King's Cross. It was uh, one of the first shooting up for where people could safely shoot up heroin or, oh, okay. or drugs. Yeah. So they were doing volunteer work there. So there was always that religious aspect that I was um, familiar with and that I felt comfortable in. Mm -hmm. And then my mum is extremely spiritual, deep meditator, not of this world and struggles to live in this world, to be honest. Um, So I grew up with that. She's a homeopath, natural medicine. We never had any Panadol, any white bread. It was very pure. We lived out in, you know, on many acres, Mm. seven acres or eight acres or something. I rebelled completely against it all. (laughs) (laughs) But looking back now, I'm so grateful for it. But at the time, I wasn't grateful for it at all. Mm. Yeah. So I was, I I stayed on the the health path my whole life going through, um, I got really, really into surfing, even though I lived out in the country. And I'd wake up at 4 a.m., catch the bus for two hours and surf at like 6 a.m. and then catch a bus to two hours back. And I pretended to everyone at the beach that I lived there. Bullshit. Yeah, like, yeah I'm a local here. And I was out with, what was Tom Tom Curran, I think. Tom Curran? Uh, Tom know. Carroll. He was a professional surfer. And, oh, yeah, wow. I told him, yeah, I lived just around the corner. So I wanted to live this, this other life. But that's off the point a little bit, but an interesting little insight to the imagination and creativity. Um, so I lived healthily always, you know, mm. like I always wanted to wake up and go for a surf or go for a run or do something connected to spirit. Mm. And, yeah, I did sort of get lost in, you know, moving to Byron Bay for eight years and yeah. really getting into skateboarding and being around. I had a, a deep inclination to be around the street kids yeah. And um, or, you know, the kids that were using drugs and not to be in that but just to be around that. I felt very comfortable in that street life. Um, and that sounds like it was quite opposite from how you grew up. Yeah, very much so. But the, I'm feeling it's the influence of my mum and dad doing that work but I sort of went around it in, in a different way. I was more involved than they were as, as more working Um and I sort of got lost within myself a little bit with that world of, you know, taking taking drugs, not a lot, but just mm. being in that world. Um, and then I started to really get in skateboarding and started to compete and got sponsored by Nike and DC and really um, found myself, uh, you know, whatever I do, I put 100% into growing that way. And my body and my wrists were really copying it hard. So I remember going to my first yoga class. Um, But if we backtrack, 
I'd been reading very deep philosophical books like Tibetan Book of Living and Dying, the Bible, Book of Thomas, Mind-Body Connection, all of that from a very young age. So from seven, seven years old, I think I started reading and I was obsessed with it. And I really didn't do well at school because my mind was in that. It was in learning about every religion, every philosophy, and I just couldn't connect with the school program at all. Um, so, you know, I left, went to Byron Bay, skateboarded, hung around all that, got injured from skateboarding, went to my first yoga class, didn't really resonate, but something kept pulling me back. And then I started to get a regular yoga asana practice, like the physical practice. Mm-hmm. And then I started to go more to the ashrams and study the deeper aspects of yoga that wasn't just about the physical body. And then I'm like, oh, this is nice. Hmm. Now all my prior learning is coming together and I'm getting to study the scriptures of yoga and how that relates to Buddhism and Christianity and everything. Yeah, and then what happened from there? Then I started to do massage. I moved to Queensland, studied at the massage schools of Queensland massage um, for Billabong and a lot of the professional teams. Wow, so you were still interconnected with that community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy. And yeah. I, I don't know, like I'm trying to paint my picture of what you were back then because it is extraordinary, <laughs> this I'd say tomboy-esque kind of mm. vibe, you know, yeah. somebody that's just taking on life and mm. doing all these reckless things but yeah. fully doing it from a conscious point of view. Mm. Like I just want to go 100%. Yeah. And here you are like hanging around street kids, getting sponsored by Nike and whatnot, Mm. and within your mind and your body Mm. you had all these scriptures. Mm. Like Mm. were there conversations you were having with some of your mates about these sort of things and passing it on? 100% because I can never not have that depth with everyone. It doesn't matter what we're doing, skating or whatever, I'm always... I'm always hinting into that deeper realm, Mm. whether they want to go there or not. And one example is I remember going to like a skater's party in Fitzroy and they were a lot younger than I was, not that that matters, but just to paint the Mm. scene. And I remember saying to one boy, he came up to me, he must have been about 15, and I said, I've got a book in my bag and I think you should read it. And it's called the Bhagavad Gita. And he was really punk, like drunk kind of kid. And he's like, okay. And he took the book. I saw him four years later. He ran up to me and he said, you gave me a book that changed my life. Mm. I'll never be the same. So it is, you're very intuitive. Thanks for seeing me like that. It's always been this war between the worldly and then like beyond worldly, mm. the scriptures and the, the deep spiritual. And the interesting thing too with summer healing and maybe why it does have that kind of community, there's graffiti on the wall, mm. that urban feel is I never changed my name. I never wore white robes. I never... Um, You know, I'm still wearing Nike. (laughs) (laughs) I get my eyelashes done. There's just this play between the two worlds. And I think summer healing really when people come here, they they get that feeling. They say it feels so traditional yet it feels so relative Mm. to anyone who walks up off the street and comes here. Of course, yeah, I... Mm. 
just authentic. Mm. I don't know. It mm. feels like there's a lot of choosing in your life. There's the choice to still read all the books, become a punk rock skater, then to still be involved in that mm. and then just follow the thread of where your nose or your gut is leading you towards mm. to then, I don't know, like was there a point of losing yourself? Because mm. I haven't seen a point mm. in the story where I was like, oh, she lost herself mm. in that. Yeah, and when you say lose yourself, do you mean lose yourself to the, the like the the yoga side of things or any side mm. of things? Mm. I feel it's funny because everyone's like, "Oh, you're losing yourself to the corporate world," mm. but I also see people mm. lose themselves to the spiritual mm. healing world, and yeah. they're healing and then healing mm. and then healing, mm. or they're doing a ceremony and a ceremony yes. and a ceremony, and they're not yeah. integrating anything, and they're getting lost in the idea mm. of what they could be, and they're mm. not becoming anything. Mm. Yeah, it's very possible and that's why there's a lineage or a method in yoga that suits anyone's personality. Okay. (laughs) Which can be dangerous and good. You were talking about it before that like, you know, everyone is doing yoga. Yoga's um, to let's demystify yoga because a lot of people think yoga is stretching. Yeah. And then if you're a bit more cultured, you think it's like stretching and breathing and meditating. Mm -hmm. But yoga is... Anything we're doing in the moment that's giving us some form of yoking back to oneness. Mm. So if you're, you know, you, your talent is to listen and talk to people and when you're completely somehow it's coming together, there's yoga mm. there. It could be the yoga of Gyana yoga, the yoga of knowledge or, you know, Vishuddhi Chakra yoga, the yoga of communication or whatever it is. Mm. And so when I came across Tantra or Bhagwan Osho. <laughs> um, My boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the Agaris and the real left-wing non-dualistic. I was like, and then I studied rebirthing breathwork and met an amazing man called Illuminati Congo. Shout-outs to Illuminati Congo, John Hooks from America. Um when I met him and he came, I brought him out three times here for a, a big hip-hop and music festival called Ahimsa, which I put on three times. It was huge. We had the best artists that rapped with Talib Kweli, but they were all spiritual. So it was like the first time this spiritual hip-hop movement had been mixed with yoga and it was great. But when I met him and, and I was in his presence and because he's there with his chillum very ascended man. He's written over like 25 books. He's wrapped every single Gita and spiritual text on the planet. And he would sit there with his chillum smoking weed with tobacco in it. Oh. <laughs> you seem offended. <laughs> All day. But like it's like mind-blowing, right? Yeah. Okay, weed. But now you're going to bring the tobacco in and still be super conscious? Um, and he's a complete yogi and he would sit and smoke weed all day long and do his prayer and do his rituals and be sitting on the ground and be praying. And I was like, wow, what is this method that allows you to just bring in what looks like vices? Mm. into?" And then, you know, I started to learn about Tantra and that everything is, all is yoga, all is life, all is... um, can be alchemized mm. in that moment. Then, then it healed a lot for me, and it brought the skateboarding or anything that might not be perceived to be. Amy's not a great yogi. I heard she listens to Tupac. Or <laughs> <laughs> I saw her drinking a red wine or whatever it is. It sort of allowed that stigma 
to be dropped and it's the, what is our consciousness when we're doing it mm. rather than what we're doing doing wow mm. wow thank you for painting mm. that picture you're such mm. a storyteller mm. i love it like i was fully seeing this rap concert playing out and mm. yeah sounds like it's yeah, it's the connection to the thing mm. and that is mm. the most important and when you're speaking mm. to yoga and correct me as i start mm. to learn this through you mm that yoking, that I'm fully here, my mind, body and spirit are fully in the presence of this thing. If I'm drinking this glass of wine, I am drinking this glass of wine. I'm not trying to make my hands busy or trying to qualm the nerves of this date that I'm on. I'm fully present with it and I'm I'm inviting it in. It isn't taking a hold of me and chaining me to mm. what it wants me to do. Mm, I'm inviting it in. Mm. Yeah. And so there you are. You've opened this fucking yoga studio, mm. pregnant, mm. still still, mm. still baffled, mm. but hearing more of your story, mm. I don't seem to be. <laughs> you know, this making sense. Yeah. So you open this thing mm. and, and then what? Was there an idea to create this community or mm. society that you mm. are now or was mm. it just like, no, I need to give this mm. and channel this? I don't have the answers but it feels mm. right. Mm. Great question. I think my psychology behind community or or bringing people together is um I've I never saw in terms of like um hierarchy or you know people who are 18 to 21 should hang out together or you know Lebanese should hang out together or I'm this or I never had those boundaries mm. it was just spirit and connecting with spirit and if you have if we have a like mind, we're, we're a family. We're here together. And summer healing radiates that. I call it the black sheep society. <laughs> if you're the black sheep of your house, <laughs> you'll, feel, you'll fit in here. You know, and we've always had from the beginning people who are 20 or younger, you know, eight years old and 70-year-olds, 80-year-olds. And male-female ratio has always been balanced or overweight, underweight. Everyone is welcome. Mm. And I think it starts off with the psychology of me seeing the world like that then allows that, you know, in, in your business or your not-for-profit to grow. I love mm. that. It's the person behind psychology and then mm. through that that's attracting those mm. sort of people that mm. aren't just here to get the the benefit of the practice, maybe mm. that's the thing that attracts them here, mm. but then you, and again, I'm starting to really feel your magic, mm. you seeing them for them. Mm. I feel like a black sheep in a family doesn't feel fully seen for their uniqueness mm. or doesn't feel welcome because they don't fit the natural narrative of that family or the way that they're meant to be. Mm. And really for me a black sheep is just wanting to be seen mm. for being black and being accepted among whichever colour they yeah. need to be. Yeah. And that magic of, as mm. you've said, like you're mm. properly inviting everyone mm. in. You don't have mm. to fit anything. Mm. And it's funny, a lot of the mm. yoga studios that I've gone to, a lot of them beautiful mm. and whatnot, but mm. a certain like of people go there and majority mm. feminine mm. as well. Like I'm, I'm normally in a class with 95% yeah. women, which I'm yeah. not mad about. I'm not going to act like I'm mad about that. <laughs> but, yeah, that that realness, yeah. That's the word, mm. that, that realness. And so you're mm. saying that that psychology of seeing people as mm. they are, inviting everyone in and celebrating them for that mm. and wanting just their mm. unique spirit, not necessarily their money mm. exchange in mm. that, has started to cycle through this thing that doesn't make logical sense mm. but has rolled into four mm. temples, mm. as you'd call it yeah. right now. 
It, it, it just feels that it's the natural progression of, you know, when you're, you're here listening at home or wherever you're listening, it's you all have passion and it's that natural progression of where how passion grows, like the lotus flower coming out. Mm. And all the mundane things, they can be worked out. They're easy. The books, the money, the cash flow, that's that will come mm. from the passion. Mm. You know, it, it, as long as there's also the um, feeling within one, the humbleness within one's um, being that if it doesn't work out, you will be just as confident mm. and you will be just as like passionate and, you know, and I think that is that, well, Deepak Chopra says that's what success is. 100% focus on what you want. Like this is my passion and this is what I'm going to have. But then the exhale breath allows us to go, but no attachment to the outcome. Mm. So it can keep flowing like the yeah. breath, right? But if you're always like. it's <laughs> <laughs> a really good analogy. Like even that performance just then, <laughs> thank you so much. I can't wait for people to see this video. But, yeah, that, that tension on if this doesn't happen and then I'm tense. Mm. And that's when in mm. physical activities I get injured mm. Or in those clutch moments, I make a mistake because I'm so tensed and outcome focused mm. that I'm missing, missing the point to be relaxed mm. and the knowing that mm. I'm going that direction mm. anyway. What you look, what you're looking for is coming from the place you're looking from. What you're looking for is coming from the place that you're looking from. You're already, we're already that wealth, right? We're already that popularity. We're already that success. And mm. That's fucking hard mm. to to really take in though. Sometimes, mm. isn't it? Mm. When the whole idea is that when I get there, I will then feel this. Mm. But then it's that idea that's stopping me from feeling mm. what I want to feel. Yeah. The only thing that stops is the rush for trans um, transformation is the only thing that stops transformation. Yet we call it tapas in yoga, the fire, the drishti, the attention. It's, that is what leads to then meditation and samadhi. So we're not saying like sometimes spirituality and yoga is perceived as weak, mm. like just surrender. Surrender is just the one aspect of it, right? We're still, you and I are, you know, as successful in what we do because we wake up in the morning and we have the discipline and we're doing it again and again and again and again and that can't not lead to whatever success is for the individual. Mm, and you mm. say it's like spiritual discipline, like mm. it's fucking hardcore. Like, And, yep, and it doesn't really get easier because it's, it's a daily medicine, mm. daily tablet that needs to be taken. Yeah, you don't take that tablet for a day. It comes back. Yeah. You know, the, the, yeah. the, the sickness, the sickness of mm -hmm. unruly thought or... Yeah, struggles with, with the self and what I'm here to do and whatnot. And, yeah, mm. I didn't fucking realise. And this mm. is, like, you know, you said that I was a really good listener. Mm. I think for the past couple of years I have been. Mm. But it's because I realised that I haven't really been listening. Mm. And I've lost a lot of lessons in that. Mm. And when I used to do yoga, I'm going to do it. Mm. Uh, i got to mm. go and get the workout because I want the body and I want to feel a certain way. I'm going to, to get something. Mm. And they always just say, the practice, the practice, the practice. Mm. That was flying over my head. They're saying practice, mm. that I'm here to mm. practice life on this fucking mat. Mm. 
everything I'm about to go through for 90 minutes is me practicing, mm. yes, the poses, mm. but those poses mm. are for me then to practice the struggles, mm. the patience, mm. the drive, mm. the fire that yes. I need to then get through life. Yes. Yeah. Don't do a uh, great yogi I follow, Nichananda, says don't do the ritual. Do the technique. Make sure you're doing the technique, not the ritual. Mm. You know, ritual, get up, brush your teeth. No, do the technique. Yeah. Fuck, man. Man, you're really like mm. making my mind bubble and whatnot because I even had that realisation the other day I've been having neck problems mm. and it's because I've just been doing this, these patterns mm. of behaviour. Like when I'm brushing my teeth, I'm mm. all fucking tense mm. and my fucking jaw is like this <laughs> and I'm fucking like slamming this fucking toothbrush in and out and then I'm like I catch myself. I'm like what the fuck am I doing? Or I'm running and I'm fucking tense. You said like... <laughs> All mouth breathing, not just going, fucking hell, man. Is it a true emergency? That's a great thing to ask. Is it a true emergency? <laughs> oh, I'm really needing to hear this today because mm. I'm not, because, yeah, mm. like doing the technique mean, mm. means I'm being with what is happening. Yes. And I'm focusing, yeah, I'm using yeah. that fire attention, that yes. discipline. I'm not getting lazy I'm because that's mm. I'm being weak with mm. my practice. Mm. Rather than powerfully moving mm. towards something. And then, as you said, then mm. through focus and attention, mm. allowing myself to fully mm. then surrender mm. to the moment, mm. which in itself mm. is very scary. Mm. Mm-hmm. What happens when I let go of everything mm. that I'm holding on to? Yeah. What's then there? Yeah, God. Mm. Mm. Now, a lot of that's the thing. It's interesting because um, sometimes in this room we're in now, we do women's circle and we breathe mainly. Um, women of Islamic faith, Muslim women. Yeah. yeah, and when they do the rebirthing breath work, I'm like, why can they release and release their exhale and go into that place, call that place whatever you want, you know, nirvana, samadhi, there's millions of different words, Allah, everything. And it's like because they know a big part of the Islamic faith, and please correct me if I'm wrong, is surrender to God. Mm. So uh, I think a lot of people... In the West, they feel if I let go, I'll die. If I let go, I'll lose. Mm. If I let go, I'll be weak. We actually win. <laughs> <laughs> and that's fucked. That's literally <laughs> fucked because this brings us back to what we said before we were recording of when I've been done wrong in my life or I've been in pain. Mm. I'm holding on to my defences, I'm holding on to my story and I'm mm. fearful that if I let go of mm. that story mm. I won't be seen for my pain or I'll lose my reason to them mm. being angry. Mm. And when I have always let go, then I've received everything I was after. Everything. No one has ever felt worse from letting go. And if you don't, I don't like the word letting go. To me it feels a bit like dismal and deathy. I like transmuting energy. Because, you know, once energy is born, it can never die. And once it's connected, it can never disconnect. So we can, if you feel like letting go seems like hard or sad, it's the same thing as transmuting energy. What happens when I have relationship connections Mm. falter because now they disconnect? Mm. But I guess they're Mm. still connected because that's where the pain is. So Mm. there's still a charge there even Mm. though the energy was created and it's not the same. It still is connected because mm. there is now, let's mm. just say, a negative force there, mm. but there's still that bind. That's why it hurts, I guess. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. And it's only hurting because we're perceiving 
with um, ignorance. Mm. I know everyone wants to feel emotion, but mm. <laughs> yoga is sending us beyond emotion, in, beyond emotion, because heartbreak is just misalignment with self, right? But I think because the concepts is the suffering, right? So if I think I'm lonely, I'm heartbroken, that's the suffering. But then if I just go into the true teaching, go into the technique and close my eyes and go, well, where is it in the body? Pinpoint it, breathe into it, ask it if I can come closer, feel into it and feel enough into it. It's like, hmm, well, that was misdiagnosed. Hmm. Hmm. There's only bliss there. There's only gratitude there. There's only love there. Hmm. Even if it's it's still painful, it still feels painful, but it's not the concept of pain anymore. It's hmm. just sitting with it and it kind of feels nice to feel the pain because there's the underlying current of what we say in yoga, your true self is seeing that. The ananda, the bliss is seeing the pain. First just pain, feeling pain. Mm. Mm. Yeah, over-identifying with it. Mm. You know, when you just said the concepts I really relate to that, mm. really relate to mm. that. It's funny, you know, I, I had a concept and this is so fucking weird and wild. Maybe it's this room or maybe it's you. Mm. But I, on the way here, I was even thinking about the whole narrative of me listening and me not listening. Mm. And I had feelings towards that in myself. Mm. And it was the feeling or the concept mm. that I'm not where I want to be. Mm. And it's interesting because three weeks ago my concept was I'm right where I want to be <laughs> and I was fucking buzzing. I was fucking winking at everyone when I was walking the street. <laughs> and this concept came into my mind on the drive and I started to feel down. I started to feel low. I physiologically changed. I felt my shoulders rolled and whatnot. And I breathe and I sit there and I, for me I watch the thought. I just see it play out and whatnot. And then when I walk in here I'm seen by somebody else and you're like, wow, mm. your talent is listening. Mm. Physiologically, mm. I changed in that moment. <laughs> the all, concept. It's an amazing, all is placebo. Mm. Just, choose your illusion, one or two. Choose your fucking illusion. <laughs> fucking true. And I think that mm. it comes back into the power of community because mm. I feel that when mm. I'm caught in my own illusion, mm. it takes somebody external to remind me of who I am. Definitely. Yeah. Even Hanuman, the great um, deity who was half man, half monkey um, in the yogic mythology, he could jump from, he jumped from Sri Lanka to India. He did all crazy things, right, doing the splits. The split pose is called Hanumanasan. And he was super powerful and strong and he could, um, he did all sorts of things. He even, like, yeah, was a student of the sun. The sun was his teacher but he kept forgetting his spiritual power and it required community mm. to remind him you know to remind him and he kept going oh, oh my god fuck how come i forget on the daily i'm hanyaman they're like you're hanyaman he's like, I'm hanyaman and i think that too is the power of community you know it's like for a bit after covid when everyone got conditioned to be on their own mm. and to do online yoga at home. A lot of people cancelled their membership and then it took like three months or six months to go, it's not the same doing it at home. 
it's the community, it's each other, it's hearing. Sometimes we share in a class, at the end of the class or at the start of the class, saying, what's the mood in the room? And someone's like, I feel lonely. And someone else is like, oh, my God, someone else feels lonely. Mm. I feel angry. Oh, wow, I don't feel angry. God, I've come a long way. So it's this reflection reflection of each other, this contrast that is could be. I know that the, one of the Buddhist monks says the new spiritual there's a new religion on our planet in this age is community mm. is reflecting of each other to you know come back to the flower of life mm. <laughs> come back together in that sacred geometry of understanding that we're not alone and we're it's the one mind mm. right mm. yeah and it's the connective mm. human experience mm. yeah you are right it, it is it is the ultimate healing in, in the work that I get to do what I'm working with boys, mm. the most exciting point for me is when a boy shares something real deep. Mm. And the reason why it's exciting mm. is because I can't wait to ask who else. Mm. As soon as that happens. Ah, the healing in that. <sighs> the healing in that. Because, yeah, the, the mm. concept that it's just mm. me, mm. I, I don't know why and I guess mm. it, it's who knows mm. why our minds are set up mm. that way to identify and go, mm. I'm the only one yeah. going through this poor me. Because we raise our hand to the um, the concept of separation. Mm. You know, when they first took us away from our mother at the hospital or whatever it was, you know, the 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 concept of like separation. Because we were at a point here on Earth where we didn't understand, we didn't know, we didn't we didn't have a we didn't have a belief system of separation yet, and then we learnt it for whatever reason. Mm. No. And so then we're still walking around with that birth trauma. Fucking hell. It's crazy. I literally just did a podcast with Sarah Gianetta, she, uh, Gianetta as she would correct me. Uh, but, yeah, all those traumas that start then. Mm. And unknowing though, it's like mm. <laughs> things that are happening now are really connected to what happened then and it creates the whole way in which that I am or the way that I search for love in the world and whatnot yeah. and the way that my mind thinks up things to protect myself, as you said, the concepts that it plays out, that this person's trying to do this to me and mm. it's all just been a way to protect me from the vulnerability of what I'm yearning for, which is just love. Yeah. And as you said, as soon as I mm. transmute that into the awareness that everything is that, mm. then it's all what I've wanted it to be. Mm. It is. And then it, then it somewhat feels too simple. Mm, it is simple. <laughs> That's why the highest teaching is just you just laugh with one another because mm. it's all so simple. Well, what a medicine that is. <laughs> what a medicine that is. Yeah. I love when that comes into the point, even the work, again, that I do is mm. like we're talking about the most deepest shit, mm. fathers not being in there, trauma and whatnot, mm. and then we start laughing. Yeah. Yeah. We transmute the energy. Yes. We we bubble it up. Yes. And then there's this yeah. laughter of, yeah. I think it's a laughter of like laughing of how silly we all were to think it was mm. just us. Yeah. 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 That's a wonderful yogi, Sri Ramana Maharashi, when someone says to him, how do you love others? And he says, there are no others. <laughs> this is really nice talking to Great. you. I feel that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There is mm. no others. Mm. There's just us. Mm. It's, and then, you know, it comes back to a, a quote that I always love to spin and it's, again, part of the community that I'm with. Mm. We always say, you can never hate somebody whose story you truly know. Mm. And when I th- mm. look deeper into that or I listen through it, 
when I truly know somebody's story, I understand that they are exactly like me. Yeah. Yeah, the only people you don't like are the people you don't know. Fuck. It's true. Yeah, we all bleed the same blood. It's all very similar. We mm. can call it like mm, some beings are woke and some beings aren't. It's a nerd. Just the same essence of trying to find our way back to love. Mm. Mm. And it's that separateness though. Mm. It comes back, as you mm. said, like that separateness, whether it's from birth or whether it's mm. from the way we now live in nuclear families and, you know, we don't live in community as much, we don't mm. talk to our next-door neighbours and whatnot, mm. but that otherness. Mm. And Ramdas says it, mm. uh, he says, you know, as much as the poor think that they're against the rich, they need the rich to feel good in them being poor. Yes. And yeah. I was like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> within the yin's the yang and the, within the yang's the yin and it's just this... Beautiful cosmic giggle of depends what your spiritual belief is or your atheist belief, um, but of finding finding center again, mm. finding that everything we're seeking for, for is coming. It's it here now already. Yeah, and yoga is the intelligent. Um, every ancient traditional wisdom points here, but yoga is this extreme science of um, and and some of my passion here to keep summer healing going is and I, we do the yoga teacher training and lots of other wonderful things here but it's to keep this science on the planet because it has the the study of yoga I don't know if a lot of people know about the the um, the depth of it but the Sanskrit language it can, it has words to explain every single level of awareness, every single level of consciousness, every single science of, you know, the the mind and all its aspects, everything psychology wishes it could get to. Yoga has textbooks of every single fluctuation of the mind and the awakening and the dream state and the everything, where a lot of the ancient traditional wisdoms that was more told through story or through, you know, their rituals, yoga was scripted down. It was written, articulated. Like Patanjali, one of the fathers of yoga, he's a, a mathematician mm. you know, to be able to do this. And that is so important for us to a lot of the time when I, I have a break from reading the scriptures or something and I'm trying to discern my mind and put it into some form of balance and then I'll pick up the books and I'll be like, oh, my God. It's, it's all here already written for us to be able to understand ourselves through, through these great yogis and what they gave. Mm. Wow. Mm. Yeah, it's so beautiful to hear you speak. Mm. I can hear the amount of work that you have done uh, and, and how you followed that passion and not from just, I'll read a couple of sentences mm. to like you have fully fledged yourself uh, to be able to teach this on and explain it to me in such mm. a way that although I don't catch all the words, I understand what mm. you're saying. Mm. And I love that about language and whatnot. Mm. And somebody spoke this to me once, that the words mean nothing, the energy mm. means everything. Mm. I'm asking you shall receive but not with words. There we are. <laughs> <laughs> there we are. Oh, shit. Mm. Amazing. Wow. Mm. Yeah, this has been enlightening. Mm. Yeah. And even that word, like I feel in light right now. Mm. I feel like I can see exactly mm. what it is that you're creating here 
the many different facets to seeing people as they are, being that community that mm. reminds them of them mm. and welcomes them and celebrates them mm. to keeping this science mm. alive, uh, this practice that has healed mm. in, in a lot of ways and still is mm. healing. We have people, one guy, a beautiful man, I know he won't mind if I share, um, he comes in every Sunday to do the breath work. He came in on crutches about six months ago. He's off the crutches now. He was in a would leave here and go back to a mental hospital. He was he was suicidal, and he's probably done about fifty breath work sessions. He said the last time he came in, I said, "How are you, Dan?" And usually he says, "I'm not so good, not so good." He said, "I'm great. Everything's going to be all right from here on in." And that this is the kind of conversations that happen every single day here. It's just the magic of of the science of knowing thyself and doing the practice. And yeah, it's so beautiful. Wow, <laughs> I feel really fulfilled in this conversation. Me Was too. there anything else that you felt the need to drop down as we start to land this spacecraft? That's felt like <laughs> it's like definitely not a plane. <laughs> um, just my much love and respect for anyone that's choosing to watch or listen and uh, much love and respect for you and everything um, that you've brought here is now I just want to go and listen to everyone tonight. So mm. thank you. So much love and respect for the opportunity to do this. In terms of last thing to say, I mean, I could talk for hours and there's so much magic that's created here. Basically, I just want to say... Um, the passion within us all is what's going to birth the world we want to live. Don't worry about finances. Don't worry about not being smart enough or ugly enough or fat enough or pretty enough or whatever it is. Just keep finding that passion, that burning passion in your belly, in your heart. Don't, want to, don't worry about what anyone says and just do it. Mm. And if you don't think you can, just come have a chat to me and I'll remind you you can. Mm. Yeah. And so if they want to come have a chat to you, is yeah. there an Instagram uh, do we want to drop, other ways that people can connect with Summer Healing? Sure. We have a Telegram group. Um, it's on our website, summerhealing.org, and that's a great way of communicating. It's a bit more intimate than Facebook, but, yes, we have social media, Instagram, Summer Healing, Facebook, TikTok, You'll get a little essence of what we're doing there. You'll see lots of photos. But really you've got to come in here. And, you know, there's no excuse. Jeremy, who was here before, he lives in Berwick. <laughs> he comes here. And now he does a class and now I drive back. So um, come and, and the thing about changing into a society now is it's run by members now. So we you don't need um, a yoga teacher training to teach yoga you don't need a Reiki qualification to teach Reiki. You don't need a massage qualification to teach massage in the private. The private just works off passion. If you have a passion, you can be taught and you can learn how to do that or maybe you already know just through your own intuition. So where I'm going with that is we want to move out of that owner company employees into what we are now not-for-profit society whereas if any members or future members have any talents or need need like more exposure to anything they do this place is for you here to do it 
and it's win-win. So we will win too. Don't worry. Because some <laughs> people are scared. Oh, I don't want to take from you. It's like, no, we'll win too. I promise. Yeah. And moving into that age of bartering and exchanging with each other and our gifts, our natural gifts. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Fuck, Amy, thank you so much. My pleasure. This has definitely been win, 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 Yay. win, win, win. Yeah, I've really felt that I've gotten so much out of this conversation. Mm. You have been on a journey of life and you're purely here to reflect that to others and allow them to passionately live their own story. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, thanks for sharing your story here oh, on Work Wogs. pleasure. Definitely till next time. I need a, a, a round two with you. Uh, two. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yalla. Yalla. <laughs> well, 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 well. Would you look at that? You made it to the end of this Wogcast. It must mean you enjoyed yourself. And if you want to support myself in this new venture, please like, subscribe and share it on your social channels. Thank you for all the help and support. Of course, I'll see you here next time on Wogcast. Oh, oh.